The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. There are more and more calls for the federal government to decriminalize possession of illegal drugs for personal use. Those calls are now coming from the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police, which is calling for the decriminalization of simple possession of illicit drugs. Adam Palmer is the head of that association and the chief of the Vancouver Police Department. Officers are the first point of contact for people who need help and can assist individuals in accessing appropriate services and pathways of care. The association is calling for the creation of a national task force to look into drug policy reform. Wants to see as well the increased or increased access to health care, treatment and social services to divert people away from the criminal justice system. Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver have called on Ottawa to decriminalize all hard drugs and health agencies are joining in too, including the Canadian Public Health Association. We're seeing medical officers of health across the country as well, uh, adding their voice to the call for change. Is change on the horizon? Let's talk to someone who's been fighting this fight for a very long time. Scott Bernstein is Director of Policy at the Canadian Drug Policy Coalition. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for having me on, Jalen. All right, so Canada's uh, police chiefs now voicing uh, their support for the decriminalization of uh, personal illicit drug possession. How big of a move is that? That has to be, uh, you know, a, a big feather in the cap of this fight. Absolutely, and I think it's it's a, an historic moment where a national police organization is uh, calling for policy change that advocates and public health people have been calling for for decades. And so I think it's it's sort of the first time that the police have been on board in such a unified voice. And, and we certainly welcome uh, welcome that call for decriminalization because um, it's, it's quite apparent the harms that criminalizing people who use drugs uh, cause to, to them and society. And so I think it's, um, you know, it's long overdue that we have a look at these policies and, and figure out how to do it better. It's been a big, uh, big couple of weeks uh, for um, those who are pushing for this. Not only the uh, chiefs of police, but we we saw just the other day the the premier of BC uh, adding his name to the list. Uh, Bonnie Henry, the the medical officer of health, out there as well. So um, a lot of um, heavy hitters coming on board. There's a lot of questions, Scott, about decriminalization, what this would look like, and I think there's um, there's a lot of confusion. And to be honest with you, as uh, I, I don't even know what this would mean and, and what it would look like. Could you shed some light on that? Can you take us through how the organization, your organization, would see this unfolding? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And so I think I think what we need to have uh, are a couple things. And so one of one of the first, let me just say that de- decriminalization it's it's quite a novel idea for us here in Canada because we haven't really done it nationally. But it's it's something that's been in place in other jurisdictions in the world for many many decades and with positive results. And so I think a lot of the things that people approach the idea of decriminalizing drugs with with some fear or uh, skepticism those those things aren't really borne out when when we look at places uh, such as Portugal or other jurisdictions where decriminalization has happened we see actually it's really a positive health uh, benefit and so i think i think in canada it's important that we we do things uh, with our own 
um, context, our own cultural context, our own historical and political context. And so uh, ultimately, though, I want to start the conversation from a, a fact that we recognize that that we can't police ourselves out of an epidemic. We can't police ourselves to reducing drug use or any other kind of kind of thing we might want to do. We know we know that the criminalization of people just doesn't work. And so we, we hear this often as a call of things like, you know, people people who have addictions should be treated as a it should be treated as a public health issue and not a criminal justice one. Well this is this is sort of decriminalization in action. And so I think I think I know that you know the chiefs of police they call for a task force to look into this and that. Um, we haven't really received a lot of um, positive reception from the federal government that they want to take this mm-hmm. up and do it. And I think it's it's fine for us to have this discussion, but there's also a sense of urgency. And so the the federal government and provincial governments actually have tools to just stop enforcement of of uh, the criminal law and give people a bit of a break during COVID. Um, we give our criminal justice system a break, save money, reduce stigma, and, and allow people to uh, access services. And so I think, you know, we're, we're not going to see the sky fall down. We're not going to see uh, much change on the ground. Uh, it's just going to be that the police are not going to be ar- arresting people for, and our courts aren't going to be clogged up with uh, people for drug crimes. So for those who use, um, so many questions, Scott, and I and I so appreciate your time. How does this help them? Well, I think, you know, we, we have a lot of national and provincial campaigns now in Canada that say uh, we, we shouldn't be stigmatizing drug users. And I, I absolutely, I agree. But I also say, well, you know, the thing that is probably the most stigmatizing to people is uh, saying what they're doing is, is criminal and even arresting them for it or putting them through a criminal justice process. And so I think when, when people are criminalized, it starts out with uh, the change in their behavior. And so they, they end up, in order to avoid police, they end up taking riskier uh, behaviors and riskier choices that end up putting them, them in harm. And so I think one of the things that would immediately happen is it would reduce the the stigma put on people using drugs, and it would allow uh, better access to health services. That people won't feel that they're that they're putting themselves at risk if they um, want to report an overdose, or if they want to go and ask um, a medical professional professional about their drug use or things like that. So I think I think it sort of starts out by reducing the barriers and the stigma that people feel. But also, you know, th- people with a criminal record, you, you have barriers to employment, you have barriers to international travel that happen. So it's just not a, it's not a good thing. And again, again, there's really no evidence that criminalization changes drug consumption or, or the amount of demand for drugs. Drugs are, are widely available in Canada and people use them when they want to or need to. Scott Bernstein joining me this afternoon, the Director of Policy at the Canadian Drug Policy Coalition. We're talking about uh, decriminalization of uh, illegal drugs for personal use. And I think it's important to note that in other jurisdictions where decriminalization has happened, that 
Um, if you if you have uh, more than a certain amount on you that could be you know believed to be used for for trafficking for selling or you know drug traffickers I mean the rules the, the laws are still in place for uh, people who do that I mean this isn't carte blanche, carte blanche and and everyone gets a get out of jail free card right yeah absolutely a lot a lot of jurisdictions they they might set uh, thresholds in the law which say you know if you have under this amount it's considered for personal possession or personal use. If you have above that, it's considered for something else, a sale or trafficking or something. Um, but it should be noted, like police, police make those determinations all the time already. When they when they decide, they, they look at people's behaviors or what they're doing to decide whether to charge them with one thing or another. So it's not, um, it's not that complicated. And so I think it's just a, again, it's a matter of you know we we would set some kind of guidelines and rules and if the objective of the law is to say you know if you have personal use we're not going to criminalize you but we don't want you engaging in other activities for example then then you know we would we would just set set the law and set those standards in the law or they'd be around policing guidelines we're talking about the decriminalization of simple possession of illicit drugs and uh, Scott Bernstein is the director of policy at the Canadian Drug Policy Coalition. We've seen the the association uh, for uh, the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police support this. We're seeing more and more big voices adding their names. Um, Scott, when it comes to what is going on in Alberta and BC right now, uh, especially um, in, in, in the confines of this pandemic that we are in, we're seeing uh, opioid uh, overdoses and deaths um, rise, skyrocket, in fact. How would decriminalization help change that? Yeah, no, I think it, it absolutely we're in sort of a historic convergence of two, uh, uh, two public health emergencies right now. And so we had the existing one, of the overdose epidemic, which has been going on for four or more years, and then the COVID. And, and um, I think you're right. We just had in May May and June in, in B.C., we, we've had the, the highest rate of overdose deaths ever in our history for those two months. And so that's it's been uh, really quite tragic, and I know it's, it's uh, quite horrible in Alberta as well. And so I think, you know, w- w- largely what decriminalization would do is is the overdose crisis is based on a the fact that we have a toxic illegal drug supply now and so COVID has made that worse it's disrupted supply chains and it's also caused people uh to go to you know change their behaviors again and so i think what decriminalization would do to help this it, it won't necessarily address the toxic supply but it would allow um it would reduce some of those barriers to people accessing different kinds of health services including things like treatment but also harm reduction and so i think we um what, what we would like to see is a you know government response that removes the criminal justice element of this and puts in health health access to people who need it and so i think it's it's about you know reallocating funds that could be um saved from from scaling down policing uh and putting them towards other kinds of interventions perhaps that would it would help and i think reducing the stigma and reducing the barriers to accessing health and um would would start to uh, address some of the overdose crisis but i think you know, long long term, 
um, really the root of our overdose crisis is the toxic drug supply. And, and we're, in addition to decriminalization, we're also saying that in Canada we need to take a look at what is beyond the war on drugs, and that's some kind of a legally regulated system where uh, pe- people are not relying on a unpredictable and dangerous street supply of drugs. People Scott, in... In other jurisdictions, um, we, we've seen, you know, we everyone goes back to Portugal and what has happened there. And we've seen, um, the, or the reports are that uh, drug use in some areas have, have ha- has gone down. Um, are... <laughs> You know, on the other side of it, you know, you know, my listeners are like, okay, well, what about you know the health implications? What about the um, the the possible strain on on the health system? What about you know possible costs to taxpayer? That sort of thing. What do you what do you say to the to, to those to, to those folks who are wondering about you know the other side of it all? You know, where if we're if we're saying, okay, well, this could help this this and this, or is there a negative side to this? Honestly, you know, what would it be? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the costs, I believe, will be borne out in the end because it, it, it's really around moving costs from one thing, treat, treating something as a, a public health issue and not a criminal justice issue, yeah. mean, means that, you know, the billions that we spend on uh, arresting and incarcerating uh, tens of thousands of Canadians every year for, for drug possession uh, could be reallocated into other things. And I think, you know, definitely definitely we, we think that evidence-based treatments should be available to anyone who's, who needs it and is ready for it. We think things like harm reduction services are all demonstrated to be cost-effective. And so I think in, in the end, if we take money uh, from the police and move it towards health, health services, in the, in the end, we actually will be saving money. And I think that the cost of having somebody uh, die of an overdose in, in medical emergency costs and lost productivity and all of these other things that, that people add up um, as the cost of them are, are astronomical. And so we, we getting in between that with policy changes would ultimately be cost-effective. And I think the, we the know criminal that- justice system right now is very, very expensive. It's it's not working, and it's it's money that we're we're just sinking down the drain right now. We know out, that the in- a war on drugs. We know that the NDP, the Greens, supported decriminalization um, during the federal election campaign. Uh, Justin Trudeau has has refused to commit to it. Andrew Scheer, the Conservatives, against it. Recent polling also showing that, you know, there's a real mixed response from from Canadians uh, about it. Where do you see this going, given all of that, <laughs> you know, the fact that yeah. Canadians aren't certainly, you know, on board that uh, the, the the governing liberals uh, don't seem to be on board uh, at all? You know, where does this fight go next? You know, even with these bigger names, with the chiefs of police, with, you know, some of the big cities, with some of the premiers, with the medical officers of health on board, what's next? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Thank you. I, I think, you know, I, I sort of wonder what what does it take for the government to pay attention. Um, I think I think certainly, you know, the chiefs of police um, and and premiers and public health officials and mayors call, calling for this, uh, I would certainly think would get their attention to look at this issue seriously. Um, I, I think 
I, I think that we're in a bit of a tide change now. It's, it's probably, um, uh, it's not going to happen as, as fast as I think the situation calls for because we're, we're in an urgent state right now. Um, but, but ultimately, I think these, these policies are going to be considered in, in due time. But I think just getting back to the idea of like public opinion, I think, I think when you, when you, part of the issue is around the word decriminalization and what it mm-hmm. means. And I think if you go to people on the street and you say, should we decriminalize drugs? Um, there, there's often a, a bit of a reaction or some kind of a, you know, a, a gut feeling about this or that uh, and, and may cause a negative response to that. But if you, if you ask people the same question in a different way, and that's, you know, if somebody has, if somebody is addicted to drugs, should they be treated uh, with a health response or with the criminal justice response, people will, a, ma- a majority, like, you know, vast majority Canadians would say, no, that's actually a health issue. It's not a, you know, it, it's not a criminal issue and we shouldn't be treating it like that. And, th- and that's really the, the heart of it is I think when we start thinking about what decriminalization means and what it would be, I, I think people are largely in support of it. And um, it's just a matter of getting the government's in power to, to take this seriously and act on the urgency of this situation. Scott Bernstein, thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I think there's still a lot of stigma. I still think that there's a lot of people who are like, nope, not, don't want to see it, don't want to see it happen. It goes back to when you talk about, you know, divesting money with the police, you know, should we be taking some of that money, moving it elsewhere so police can police and not play mental health or social workers or uh, drug addiction counselors?